This is the Sport Market, featuring the bulls and bears of sport business from coast to coast. Here's your host, Tom Manette. Woo! It's a cold one. It's a cold one here in Vancouver. It's a cold one here in British Columbia. It's a cold one across the country, but it's a hot weekend for both the National Football League and the NHL. NFL heat coming from Super Wildcard Weekend. NHL heat coming from some overachieving Canadian-based franchises, including, of course, your Vancouver Canucks. Tino Farah is in the producer's chair for the sport market. We're both happy to have you along for the ride. And Tino, uh, this hour will be anchored a lot on what the Vancouver Canucks did over the past week. And they've had great runs so far this season. But this current four-game run is arguably the most impressive, not just this season, but the most impressive thing I've seen since the team, since the 2010-2011 season back in the day. To go into New York and for the first time in franchise history, sweep the Big Apple, so to speak, with the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, and the New York Islanders, that's pretty impressive stuff. And then to follow up, having the Penguins disappointingly tie it up late in the last minute of the game, what does this Canucks team do? They wind up prevailing. Elias Pettersson, beautiful overtime goal. The setup by Hronik, just absolutely first class, top shelf. That's the single biggest difference with this team is how they're responding to the relatively little adversity that they've had so far. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like listening to uh, to the show that was on just before us, listening to Randeep and uh, and Brandon Batchelor talk about it. This one of them mentioned something about it. it's it's funny to imagine back to the St. Louis game on this road trip that they lost in comparison to now this four game streak where it seems like everything that could possibly go right is going right. The team is playing incredible. What I really liked about that Pittsburgh game is like in years past when the Canucks get in those situations where like a Pittsburgh is mounting their comeback and it feels like the walls of the arena are closing in on Vancouver almost every single time in recent years the losses is inevitable it's just like when is it going to happen in this case the comeback felt inevitable but it didn't feel like the result of Pittsburgh winning that game was was just going to be the end result because I think as a fan base now we're starting to gain that confidence or we've gained that confidence of bend but don't break there's still a very good chance this team can get it done and poetic justice I guess you could say Pitts or uh, uh, Pedersen goes in alone on a breakaway with Sidney Crosby the guy who tied the game on his back and just finds a way to get it done it's it's incredible to be a Canucks fan right now from a business of sport point of view the Vancouver Canucks win over the Pittsburgh Penguins was also interesting from another perspective check it out Jim Rutherford of course won a cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins as their general manager. He's now president hockey operations for the Vancouver Canucks. Patrick Alvine was with him in Pittsburgh. Rick Tockett coaching the Penguins <laughs> after winning a cup, uh, a couple of cups with, uh, with Pittsburgh as well as a player. And then you, you go through the list of Vancouver Canucks who are former Pittsburgh Penguins it's very interesting because that's what happens in the business of business and the business of sport. You you wind up 
not defaulting, but you wind up being comfortable working with people who you already know. You know what you're getting with them. And that's why there are so many of these, hey, come along for the ride kind of uh, kind of deals. And we see that with the people that Jim Rutherford has brought into the organization. There's no doubt in my mind that for each and every one of them, the suit like Rutherford and Alvin and the head coach, Rick Tockett, that going into Pittsburgh, going in to play the Penguins, had a little bit of extra meaning. No one can suggest it was just another regular season game. Yeah, and, and from the player's point of view as well, it, it adds that level of comfortability. Like I know a lot of people make the jokes that it seems like every time the Canucks are looking to add a player, they're looking straight to the Penguins first, but... When you look at some of these guys like Casey DeSmith or Teddy Bluger that are, I mean, I know Bluger came from uh, Vegas when he signed, but when they're coming over to a new organization and there is that level level of comfortability, excuse me, it's a lot easier to step in and and more or less immediately start producing the way that you're expected to produce because there's no more okay I got to figure out like if there's any clicks on the team like who like who can I talk to like what's this and and so on it's it's they're kind of immediately thrust into a, a situation in an environment that they're kind of already familiar with he is Tino Farah. I'm Tom Manick. We're both happy to have you along for the ride here on this hour of the sport market. We're going to be joined by Aziz Rajwani of the UBC Sauter School of Business and Langara College School of Management in about 10 minutes' time for Weekend Extra with Sun Sports. We'll check out the headlines in this morning's edition of Sun Sports, including our own full meal deal bulls and bears are in the pages of the hard copy newspaper and online at VancouverSun.com. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by Steve Ewan of the province and the province.com. We're going to go around the horn with him, of course, on the Canucks side of things, the Vancouver Giants and BC's WHL teams, uh, BC Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, Vancouver Canadians, and the Vancouver Warriors, who have a big date Saturday night with the Calgary Roughnecks. You talk about meaningful context. If it was meaningful for Rick Tockett, Patrick Alvin, and Jim Rutherford to be in Pittsburgh on Thursday night, it's definitely meaningful for Kurt Malofsky to be at home hosting the Calgary Roughnecks in NLL action on Saturday night. Yeah, Kurt Malofsky going up against his former team. This, I mean, if anybody's missed it, he's the new coach here in Vancouver, formerly over uh, in Calgary, where he won some championships as a player years ago and and as a coach back in 2019. Everybody talks about money on the board games. If there was ever a game where there's going to be money on the board, it's this one. And it's unfortunate that Vancouver's not going to have a trip to Calgary this year uh, for Calgary to be able to welcome Malowski back into the building and and to try to get that kind of storyline going. But at the very least, they're coming here. It's going to be tonight. And, I mean, Vancouver needs a win. And if uh, if there was ever a situation for them to finally get a, get a solid win for their coach, this this is the one. I mean, we'll talk more about it with Aziz Rajwani, Weekend Extra Sun Sports, about the fact that I do think the NLL dropped the ball because they had the discretion to be able to pair up the Roughnecks and the Warriors one more time. And from a ticket-selling perspective, I think that would have made sense. We'll, at the bottom of the hour, get Steve Ewan's perspective. He is on the Warriors beat as well a lot of ground to cover this hour of the sport market including bruce boudreau 
television south of the border. NHL uh, uh, network kind of stuff. And he goes wild on Quinn Hughes. I gotta say this for the first time on TV, and I mean I'm going. I'm not going to say who, but somebody in that Vancouver organization tried to make me make Quinn Hughes a center last year. What? What? And I refused to do it. And I I said I'm not making him a center. I'm not making him a center. Wow. And they kept trying to put me to put uh, Quinn at center, and I am so happy I didn't. First of all, he would probably have not taken it very like, well. Right. And so. secondly, yeah, yeah. the year he's having a Norris Trophy kind of year, yeah. boy, that th- it's quite a difference from him playing center on that team. Now, I don't know about you, Tino, and, and I loved Bruce Boudreaux while it was here, the personality, but I don't love what he did and the way he did it on NHL Network on this Friday night. It's almost like when you, if you're going to go down that path, if you do choose to go down that path, which is his prerogative, it's his personal brand. He's wanting to bring some insider type information to the table. And he certainly had, you know, experiences here in Vancouver, but I'm not so sure you do it anonymously like that because inadvertently, it winds up tarring everybody in the in, in, in the front office. You know, you're trying to think who would have had that outlandish notion uh, for Quinn Hughes to be a center. Uh, it's, it's one of the, let's say, few missteps from a brand management point of view that Bruce Boudreaux has made since leaving the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't necessarily disagree with him wanting to to say these things i mean the, what he went through in it's definitely what, entertaining it's definitely attention getting there's no doubt about that yeah no question there uh but like i think it's kind of like within his right to be able to do something like this if he want considering I what agree. he went through i just don't know i think there's some context missing here like i tweeted about this last night it wouldn't surprise me if somebody said like suggested something maybe in passing if there were injuries at center and it was like oh well maybe if we throw a defenseman to play forward for a game like we've seen Kevin Bieksa do that in the past when he was with the Canucks like way back in the day maybe that's something we i don't i i have a hard time believing that somebody would be like, hey, you know, like just on a regular, why don't we just try out Quinn Hughes as center? I don't know. And if if I'm wrong, then whoever that person is, is insane. Uh, let me put it this way. It plays a lot better when the Vancouver Canucks are not 28-11-3, second best overall record in the National Hockey League. So it seems like whoever was that person that Boudreaux was sort of, outing without outing kind of thing, uh, that person is part of a front office that has put together a seriously upgraded product, including the structure that's being provided by Rick Tockett. Again, love Bruce Boudreaux. I wouldn't have played that card right now on that storyline. It's his prerogative, but I wouldn't have played it. Next up, we get the perspectives of Aziz Rajwani from the UBC Sauter School of Business and Langara College School of Management. Sports next on this Vancouver Connects game day edition of the Sport Market on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. Now more of the Sport Market, rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. Aaron Carlson, right wing, centering pass, Herodic broke it up. Here go the Canucks the other way. Elias Pedersen in alone on a breakaway. Pedersen to the forehead, scores! Elias Pedersen wins. 
and the Canucks take it 4-3 in Pittsburgh. Now, if that isn't great play-by-play, I don't know what is. Pillaging the Penguins by Brendan Batchelor, of course, uh, uh, he and uh, Randeep Janda uh, will be on the case uh, today right here on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. Just a quick uh, uh, follow-up, Tino. We were talking about Bruce Boudreaux's comments, and I, I agree with you, as I said off the top, he's got that prerogative. If I was his PR agent, if I was his agent, I would have counseled this isn't the right time just simply because there's so much attention on how well the Vancouver Canucks are doing under another coach. He was the previous coach. It, it In this context, there's some sour grapes which sort of biases our interpretation of what he's saying. Is it entertaining? Yes. Uh, is television meant to be entertaining? Yes, especially sport television. What is interesting is... I'll confess my first thought was that it might have come from ownership. It might have come from the chair, Francesco Aquilini. But Rachel Dory, the former Canuck front office uh, staffer, uh, done a lot of work to build up her reputation as one of the best analytics minds uh, in North America, uh, you know, with the, the hockey news. She was very quick on X to suggest it wasn't ownership. And again, it just creates that scenario of sort of tarring everybody with that same brush. Having said that, that's a good sign for the Vancouver Canucks is the fact that people are talking about them. Even some of the sneezing behind the scenes becomes more relevant when the team does have 59 points going into the weekend. It's time to check out the headlines in this morning's edition of Sun Sports. Extra, extra. Welcome to Weekend Extra with Sun Sports, presented by the Vancouver Sun. Seriously, West Coast. We're joined by Aziz Rajwani of the UBC Sauter School of Business and Langara College School of Management, checking out the headlines in this morning's edition of Sun Sports. And the big headline uh, and the byline by Patrick Johnson of the Vancouver Sun and the VancouverSun.com is the Canucks have defensive stability, scoring depth, and excellent health. That's a so-called podium of three things that you need to go on these kinds of four-game winning streaks, especially on the road and that's exactly as ease what the Canucks are in the middle of. Actually let me let me just uh, step in a little bit on the Bruce Boudreaux. You see you don't know what was going through Bruce Boudreaux's mind at the time because he was thinking about Bobby Brown's song my prerogative I can do what I want to do it's my prerogative anyways and it is his prerogative, but it sounds better coming from him directly. That's one thing that I'd say I would counsel Bruce Boudreaux not to say that. But if he is going to say it, I certainly prefer to you singing it. Tom, it's 8, 8 a.m. and Aziz has already started singing. There we go. Hey, there we go. That's right. But I didn't get into bed till 3 a.m. So anyways, lotto line riding high in Buffalo, uh, into Buffalo rather, is, is obviously a very good line, 13 goals. But the, the, the one thing with the lotto line that concerns me, not this year, but for the future, is what's going to be the cap hit on the lotto line. Because right now, lotto max is a $22 million jackpot. But it could be edging up towards $30 million depending on how much uh, EP gets paid. But they're definitely worth dollar for dollar, probably a top threesome right now with 13 goals in their last four games. So you can't argue against that. And this is the kind of, you know, juggling 
that you sometimes have to do to get the best out of players, and it seems to be working so far, so keep doing it. What do you think has been the thing that the Canucks have performed that has been the most surprising to you? So, for example, defensive stability. That's not necessarily a surprise because they upgraded during the offseason. The scoring depth isn't necessarily a surprise to me, but the excellent health, the fact that they've, you know, knock on wood, gone this far without a major injury, that is bonus time in the National Hockey League these days. Yeah, I mean, they had that injury with Susie. I mean, that's not major, major, but now that he's back, there's more stability. But there hasn't been a proliferation. Yeah, there's been, there's more, you know, but to me, depth actually is. You know, you might say that I don't think we expected the, the third line and the fourth line to play as well as they have. And to, at times, carry, carry the team in terms of scoring in, in, in the number of games. So, you know, the depth to me is really important. And then it's just, once again, we've said this before lots of times, but confidence, winning begets winning. And you started off so well, and it continued, and you feel more inspired. Everything, you know, everything tastes better. Everything looks better when you're winning. And to me, you know, the more they win, the better, not the better they'll be, but the more confidence they'll have. And hopefully, you know, I, I, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about what would success be. And I said getting by the first round. But now when I see some more play, I'm thinking success might be getting into the final four. We're talking to Aziz Rajwani. We're talking weekend extra sun sports. We're checking out the headlines in this morning's edition of the sports section of the Vancouver Sun. Our bulls and bears uh, are in the hard copy page of the newspaper and online at VancouverSun.com. And Aziz, we're bullish not just on the Vancouver Canucks, but on Canada's seven NHL franchises, four of whom are doing very well, four of whom are currently in playoff position. The newest entry to that, the Edmonton Oilers, who've won nine straight games going into the weekend. The Winnipeg Jets have won eight straight games. They're at the top of the overall standings in the National Hockey League with 60 points, just one point ahead of the Vancouver Canucks. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs round out the foursome that is currently in playoff position. They don't have the fancy... Uh, a winning streak of the other three teams. Uh, they've been more inconsistent uh, than probably anybody except for the Edmonton Oilers, but the Edmonton Oilers actually have been very consistent. Consistently awful the first few weeks of the season and consistently terrific the last few weeks of the season. I cannot recall a time since 2011 when the Habs were in, were in play and the Canucks made it to the Stanley Cup final that there's been this much engagement on behalf of Canadian teams at the halfway mark of a season. How about you? Especially, yeah, because at the beginning of the year, and I'm not talking about when I talk about market, small market, big market, I'm not talking about necessarily population-wise or media market-wise, but, you know, at the beginning of the year, if we would have talked about the big market teams in Canada, they would have been, the Edmonton Oilers probably would have been at the top and maybe the Maple Leafs close second or, you know, alternate, doesn't matter, 1A, 1B. But we never would have thought about small market teams, small hockey market teams like the Canucks and the Jets doing so well, being at the top, in fact, one and two. So I think, you know, the expectations have been exceeded and it's really good to see the Jets, you know, people are questioning their signings at the beginning of the year, their free agent signings, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all those kinds of things. And 
they seem to be doing very well. And once again, you know, John Fessinger would have more knowledge than I do, but it's because of their coaching, you know, and it's exactly what's going on here in Vancouver, the coaching as well. Yeah, you love to see it. I mean, especially someone like Rick Bonus, the former Vancouver Canucks assistant coach or associate head coach uh, to Alain Vigneault uh, during those uh, President's Trophy back-to-back years and the Stanley Cup run, uh, universally regarded as one of the real good guys in the business. There's absolutely no question. Steve Ewan talks about the National Lacrosse League potentially missing the boat on uh, the rivalry matchup that is just there for the taking between the Vancouver Warriors and the Calgary Roughnecks. Of course, the Roughnecks, Kurt Malofsky's former team that he won rings with at Rogers Arena Saturday night to play Kurt Malofsky's new team, the Vancouver Warriors. So it's Roughnecks, Warriors, NLL style. We'll hear more uh, from Steve Ewan at the bottom of the hour. He's got the byline on that story in the pages of the Vancouver Sun. Uh, Canadian women's double success, a full season of Lionel Messi upcoming, and the playoffs. The NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. It's not just a wild card weekend, Aziz. It's a super wild card weekend as it's being promoted by the NFL and its broadcast partners. The Green Bay Packers making the playoffs at the expense of the Seattle Seahawks. There's so many great matchups this weekend, and a lot of them are previewed in the pages of Sun Sports. So many great stories. You look at weather being a factor on more than one front. Bills, Steelers are set to clash, and the Buffalo Bills have put out an APB uh, for uh, snow shovelers uh, uh, that they'll pay $20 an hour because of the winter wonderland that uh, Highmark Stadium is, is scheduled to be, uh, uh, projected to be on Sunday. And then you've got the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. They could be playing in front of record temperatures but there's just so many great stories on this wild card weekend disease absolutely i mean to me the really interesting one is obviously the rams and the lions you know former quarterbacks going to the other city to play and you know i really although john festinger has been very high on the rams i'm really hoping the detroit lions uh take it up a notch and beat and you know the la rams don't succeed in detroit i think jared goff you know as hopefully has a really big chip on his shoulder and hopefully he'll play really, really well. And I hope that's that's the one game that I'm really, really interested in. Obviously, the other underlying stories are, you know, Tyreek Hill going back to Kansas City. So there's lots of storylines here, uh, you know, that hopefully will result in a lot of good ratings. And it remains to be seen when we chat about the ratings next week, what they really are. But I think, uh, you know, Green Bay Packers, you know, the, the, the small market team that's a big market football team, you know, and with the new quarterback, et cetera, going into Dallas, what happens there? So many good storylines there. And, you know, the expansion of the playoffs to the wild cards has proven to be phenomenal because it keeps so many teams interested, uh, you know, and the fan base is so interested as they're going into the wild card, you know, even though they might be out, you don't find out that they're out until literally the last week. Aziz, as always, really appreciate you walking us through the headlines in Sun Sports. Of course, there's all kinds of other good stuff. Uh, Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, on the fact that the in-season tournament will return with some tweaks, uh, certainly some curling 
um, uh, from the high performance side of things in the pages of Sun Sports and a lot more. But just even the Canucks content itself is worth picking it up or going online at VancouverSun.com. Big shout out and thanks to Aziz Rajwani. Next up, it's Steve Ewan. We'll begin our Around the Horn with him talking about the potential drop ball of the NLL, not taking advantage of another time that Calgary would play Vancouver. Bottom line is, we're seeing it once, we're seeing it tonight at Rogers Arena. You're listening to The Sport Market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Mayonecht. Knew I wasn't going to catch on the three and two, Uh, so I kind of, what do you say, try to get lost in the play and cheat a little bit, I guess, for the offense. Uh, bounce right for me. Then we may get saved. We're on the pass. Score the goal. Elias Patterson doing his own play-by-play on the overtime goal that stretched the Vancouver Canucks road winning streak to four consecutive games. They swept the Big Apple and then they took out Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins and a work of art, beautiful goal uh, set up by Ronick um, and uh, uh, Elias Pettersson doing what he needed to do to close out and make sure that those two points were protected by the Vancouver Canucks. It's a perfect place to begin going around the horn with Steve Ewan of the province and the province.com. And Steve, uh, that was an OT winner and I think reflective of what this team has this year that it might not have had in recent years. And that's sort of prevailing in the face of adversity. You often lose a lead late in the last minute of a game and you're let down and you wind up blowing the rest of the opportunity. But that's not what happened. No, I I, I think this is a team that's finding ways to win and finding, I I mean, it's obviously being powered by its stars, but it's it's getting contributions up and down the lineup and getting, uh, you know, it's finding ways to get, Puck, you know, pucks up the ice and it's finding ways to forecheck, and you feel it feels like it's it's coming at coming at teams in waves, and it feels like a group that, that's got some chemistry and you know really likes playing together as as that unit. So yeah, yeah it's very it, it's very encouraging. I mean, it's just you know they they look like a team that's you know got a chance to do something in the playoffs right now. When you're twenty eight, eleven, and three. All systems, uh, you know, need to be going. But what has impressed you the most? Is it the top six and the core players? Is it the bottom six uh, overachieving the way they consistently have this year? Is it the defensive uh, defensive alignment of the Canucks? Is it the goaltending? Or is it Rick Tockett and the coaching staff delivering the structure that we're seeing on an almost nightly basis? I think it's Tockett. I think Tockett's... Talking and uh, the staff have uh, have really got that group together and got them pulling pulling in the same direction. Uh, I I feel like they check better. I, I you know they they look like more of a playoff team. You look at the Buffalo Sabers um, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. There's an opportunity for the Canucks to set another record in terms of what, you know, at the beginning was a daunting seven-game road trip, now it potentially could be 6-1, and one, which, you know, we, we just haven't seen in franchise history. Certainly haven't seen since the 2011 team. 
you know, it's, it, and you know, we know how far they went into the, you know, playing into the spring and summer. So yeah, it's, it's, it's encouraging. I, I just, I think there's a lot to like, I think, you know, going, going up and down the lineup, I, I think you've, you're finding, it's, it's hard to find a guy that's underachieved right now. I, I think I, everybody's been as good as you thought they were going to be, if not better. From a business development point of view, a fan engagement point of view, uh, what's interesting to me is not just the Canucks performing the way they are, six points ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights going into the weekend in the Pacific Division, but they're just one point behind the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets and the Canucks are the top two teams in the entire National Hockey League. The Edmonton Oilers are arguably the hottest team, winners of nine straight. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs, a little bit more inconsistent, but they're also in a divisional position. How much does that matter in terms of engaging fans? The fact that it's not just the Canucks who've got the rooting interest of most of our listeners, but it's in the context of what could be a very interesting playoff year for Canadian-based teams. I think especially here, I, I think this is a very trendy market. and We tend to jump on the team when it's going well. I think in some of those other markets, the fan base is, is a little bit more consistent. But uh, yeah, I, I do think uh, across the country, I think you're going to, you know, you get four or five Canadian teams that actually have a chance to win a round or two. I think it's going to make, I, I think viewing is going to go through the roof. So I, I think it's, I think it's pretty exciting if you've got the uh, TV rights here. We're going around the horn with Steve Ewan of the province and the province.com. Steve, let's shift to lacrosse. Vancouver Warriors hosting the Calgary Roughnecks. Obviously a very meaningful game for former uh, Roughnecks head coach Kurt Malofsky, who's now the head coach of the Vancouver Warriors and GM of the Vancouver uh, Warriors. This is something to savor on this Saturday night. But as per your story in the pages of the Vancouver Sun this morning and VancouverSun.com, maybe a missed opportunity by the NLL not to take one more kick at the can and have another rivalry matchup between the Roughnecks and the Warriors. Yeah, it really felt like kind of a, a tap-in for me. When when Kurt signed on with the Warriors in July, I, I, I thought I automatically assumed that Opening night was going to be the Warriors in Calgary, and they're going to put on a show for their TSN game. And not only didn't that happen, they're not they're not going to Calgary at all. Which I, I can't imagine um, the Calgary. I can't imagine the BC Lions not going to Calgary the year that Wally Buono changed. And I, I just it seemed like such a you know such a lot for me, particularly for a league that's looking to tell its stories and looking to get into the mainstream. And that's a very that whole revenge and history and all those kind of aspects are very mainstream. I think there, there are stories that, that people would really get, you know, you, you don't have to be, a, you know, you don't have to know the history of Jack, Jack beyond, or, you, you know, you didn't have to watch the 2009 man cup between the Brampton Excelsiors and it was some to, to be a fan of that game, you know, to, to understand kind of the storyline. So I, you add in the fact that Troy accordingly, who was the coach of, Vancouver last year is the assistant coach in Calgary. And I, I, you know, there's a lot of meat on the bone there. So I, I, you know, I, I really thought they missed a chance. It's too early to use the term must win, but this is a really important game for the Vancouver Warriors because there's a massive difference between two and three and one and four. And and I think with the way this league is with, with the schedule so spread out and and so many buys. And I, I think you, from a business standpoint, 
I think they need to have have a really strong showing tonight just to create some some return customers. I, I think you really need to get people excited. It's going to be, I, and I, you know, with the weather, it's it's going to be a tough night. But I, I think they really need to put on a show and really. I, I think that's maybe the good thing about this game is is that it's kind of a you know a good storyline game. So you know, people buy into the storyline. Vancouver shows well. I, I I think it could could mean a lot for them for you know for the crowds going going forward. Vancouver Giants on what is a open quotes Eastern close quotes swing when it comes to the WHL Saskatoon and Regina. Uh, what are the headlines for the Giants and BC's other teams in the WHL? Uh, trade deadline was Wednesday. Um, the Giants made Giants. You know, even though they were in eighth, they, they kind of they felt that they had to. You know, they they really wanted to get into the playoffs for their fans for kind of their younger players going forward and kind of show that they were, <clears throat> they were, you know, they weren't going to be a rebuilding team again. So they, they made a couple ads, including getting Connor, uh, Connor, Connor Levis out of Kamloops, who had been part of their Mem, Mem Cup team last year. So I, I think their roster is much improved. Um, I think they, they're going to score. I think, there's, they're going to have to really, you know, improve defensively to, to show me that that they've got any sort of playoff run in them. When we go to the off season, we've got the BC Lions, the Vancouver Whitecaps, and the Vancouver Canadians. Uh, which of any of them caught your eye with uh, off season developments or off season scuttlebutt this week? Oh, Lions! I, I think the Lions are uh, free agencies coming up on February thirteenth. Uh, waiting to see how many of their uh, pending free agents they can get under contract prior to that date. I think they really like their group. Uh, I think they like. I, I think they'd like to bring a lot of the guys back, and I think that that's you know that's going to be a key to them. I think they, they've you know they've got some key some key spots to look at, and you know in, in terms of the linebackers, um, you know Ben Ben Halatic uh, comes to mind, the the Vernon product and former. T-Bird star. So I, I think I, I, I'm interested to see if they can get guys under contract prior to, prior, you know, prior to February 13th. How disappointed were you that Nathan Rourke didn't get a snap uh, for the New England Patriots in the last uh, weekend of the, of the regular season, the former BC Lions quarterback? Disappointed for him. I just, I think he, <clears throat> I think it was a situation built for him. I think it was uh, a game that didn't matter in the standings. A game he had been there three weeks. You assume he would have had a real grasp of their playbook, or, or at least a decent grasp of it, and would have been good for him to to show what he could do going, you know, going forward. And certainly uh, made me wonder what Bill Belichick thought of him. So, because I, I you know it was a snow game and they, uh, you know, things weren't going well and. But I, I, you know, you wonder if Belichick had checked out by the, you know, that point and already decided that that he was done. So, and of course, uh, others have pointed out from the business side, from the financial side of things, he didn't play a regular season snap, but made more money than he would have made playing an entire season in the Canadian Football League. I certainly would welcome one of two scenarios: he lands with a team where he certainly could play a backup role 
or mm-hmm. he, he makes the decision to come back to the Canadian Football League because uh, certainly he's so talented. You don't want that literally sitting on the bench or not being active uh, during the prime years of his career. I think he's talking to football people. Um, as good as he's been up here and he's been very good up here, he doesn't have those check marks that NFL teams look for. He's not, uh, you know, a six, four guy. He's not a huge arm guy. I think the kind of the talking to, to smart football people, they, they, they talk about how he needs somebody in, in a power spot in an organization to say, Hey, let, let's give this kid a chance and really kind of let him marinate and, and give, you know, really buy into him and, because he doesn't, you know, hit those automatic check marks that that NFL teams, you know, tend to look at. They've, they've got the big, you know, they, they've got the quarterbacks from the big time schools with the, you know, the big arms and things like that. He's 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 more a thinking man's guy. So I I'd like you know, again, I I do wonder if playing last year with the Lions would have put him in a better spot with a full, you know, another full season, another, you know, a, a eight eighteen more games on his, you know, on his resume, but, you know, I, I think I, I understood, you know, making the jump then and, and, you know, trying to, trying to get his foot in the door. And I, I keep in mind that, that he went to a Jacksonville team that, that had, had Henry Burris, you know, a former CFL quarterback on his, on his coaching staff. So uh, that, you know, that, that move really connected for me. Last one for you while we're on the subject of football. It's Super Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League. It's all over the pages of the Vancouver Sun and VancouverSun.com today, and it will be all over the pages of the province and the province.com tomorrow. Is there a matchup that you're particularly salivating, and is there an upset in the making that you wanted to declare? Not so much. I just I would like to see the Lions and Browns advance. I think it'd be fun to see those two markets. So, what about you? Well, we 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 certainly haven't seen that in the last thirty years. That would be something pretty uh, special. Uh, yes. I, I think the Los Angeles Rams Detroit Lions matchup. The, every single matchup has a great story, but yes. L.A. Rams and um, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Detroit Lions. Uh, that one really stands out to me uh, from a business side of thing. We'll talk about it later this weekend on the sport market. But uh, the Peacock controversy south of the border for the Dolphins can. Kansas City Chiefs game, there's a lot of heated debate, which that game needs because it's going to be frigid temperatures. And then to see how many of the Bills Mafia uh, show up to uh, shovel snow, I don't think they'll have any problems getting all the snow shovelers that they they need. It's going to be a great weekend of football, Steve. Uh, Enjoy it, and thanks so much for doing this. Really really quick? Yes. What did you make of Boudreaux? You know, I mean, I, number one, it's his prerogative, but number two, I didn't like it. Um, I, I, I didn't love it and I love Bruce Boudreaux, but I didn't love it at this time. And it just doesn't carry the weight when the Canucks are 28 and 11 and three, and he's the former head coach. Feels a, feels a little bit like a jilted lover. It, it, it it does. And, and, you know, again, is there a right time to do it? 
I'm not sure, but right now it was the wrong time with all the attention on everything that's going right for the Vancouver Canucks, including whoever made that suggestion in whatever context that Quinn Hughes should play some center. <laughs> so. Yeah, I just I, I think if Bruce Boudreau really is a big fan of Quinn Hughes, he's put him in a bad spot because now he's going to have to answer those questions for the next two or three days. Yeah, no, I, I that's that's another part of the equation, Steve. Listen, so appreciate all those that's perspectives. Why we do that. You listen. You 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 have a terrific weekend. I'd Thanks like again for doing this. Can I? <laughs> you can. You can. It's Thanks. your it's your seat. We're gonna keep it warm for you. Thanks so much. Okay, take care. He is Steve Ewan of the Province and theprovince.com. Next up, we hear from Rob Veras of Burbank Sports Cards about how he got into the hobby. It's a preview of Pastime Radio, the collectible show, next, right here on the Sport Market on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now more of the Sport Market, rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. Yeah, no, I mean, not right now. I mean, uh, when you're winning games and they're getting, you know, they're producing, uh, obviously a big time for for PD to get us that overtime win, so yeah. It's hard to break that up. Rick Tockett, who's my Canucks MVP so far this season. He's obviously not eligible, but you cannot discount the impact he and the structure he's delivered for the Canucks has had on their 28-11-3, 59-point start to this National Hockey League season. Rob Veras is the principal of Burbank Sports Cards in Los Angeles. Uh, he's going to be one of the featured guests on Pastime Radio, the Collectible Show, on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock. He talked about the ability to take your passion and build a career around it. Um, I think that goes back to when I was at junior college at 19. Um, I've been working in the coin and stamp shop since I was 12, Um set up my own business within there selling cards um, real early age and graduated high school, didn't really have any motivation for school, really thought that this would be something I did for a living back when it really wasn't something you're going to do for a living back in the mid-80s. And um, being that young and mom, of course, wants you to do other things. But uh, once I kind of got their blessing and they realized it was my passion. It's what I was really good at and dropped out of school at 19 years old and realized that this is going to be my life path. I just, it's something I'm better at than anything else. I had a passion for it and wasn't afraid of putting in the hours. And from that moment on, that's the only job that I've had. And, um, you know, it's just, you're so fortunate to do what you love for a living or to take a hobby and make it into a living. It's just a tremendous feeling. So, um, yeah, it was right about that point that I realized this is what I'm going to be doing. Rob Veras of Burbank Sports Cards from Pastime Radio, the collectible show this weekend on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We'll close out this hour with a lighter side take on the business of sport. The Sport Market on Sportsnet 650 presents the Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson. NFL playoffs, Green Bay Packers, youngest team to ever make them. Not one player on their roster was alive. The last time the Detroit Lions won a playoff game in 1991. And crazy coaching carousel. Rock stars have the 27 club. Now football coaches have the 72 club. Black Monday, two NFL coaches fired. Cyber Monday, two NFL owners bought discounts in South Florida spa packages. 
And people are wondering why Bill Belichick's coaching tree is so unsuccessful. Because you can replicate the coaching philosophies and methods learned, but you can't replicate the QB. Nick Saban retired. Jim Harbaugh has become Shiva, a destroyer of coaches. Saban and Pete Carroll on the same day. He knocked them both out of college football. And Ryan Days and ruins at Ohio State. You know, in honor of Saban retiring, I think I'll watch his last game again. You've been listening to The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson, a special feature of the sport market. Listen again on the podcast and stay tuned Tuesdays at noon at facebook.com slash the sport market.